Welcome to MedTech Chat, where we discover the latest healthcare tools, device technology, as well as research approaches. We'll be talking to designers, insight professionals, and other executives to better understand how MedTech is helping patients and those caring for them now and in the future. I'm very excited to be talking to Michael McShay again today. Mike is a chief scientist for Health and Human Systems Group at Johns Hopkins APL, doing research for the National Health Mission Area in AI, population health, and digital health. Formerly, he was a product executive at Philips Healthcare, leading telehealth product initiatives, including EICU telecritical care platform. He's also a board member at Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield. In addition, he's an advisor on multiple early stage digital companies and to the Digital Healthcare Collaborative, which is how I know him. So thanks again for joining me today, Mike. Tom, thanks for having me. Now, I know we've been talking about a lot of different topics uh, in the collaborative, but I'm wondering if you could tell us more about digital first primary care. What is it and why is it interesting? Oh, thanks for that, Tom. Yeah, it, it, it was a very much a focus of uh, our, our annual kickoff to the research year for the Digital Health Collaborative when we look at trends that are happening in industry. And it's been an exciting year on that front um, from a number of perspectives. I think um, First off, I think everybody uh, is probably in healthcare is aware of a lot of the dynamics that are happening with uh, at the CVS, for example, and CVS Health Hub, that is, with Walmart, uh, with Amazon. Um, there's a really a, a huge thrust that, you know, from a payer perspective, um, you know, starts to look like disintermediation, which is a kind of a threat. So it's getting really competitive out there. What I'm excited about is you know, the focus on primary care, um, because that is a real lever in healthcare. It's long been recognized to be that. It's not a big part of the cost of every healthcare dollar spent, but your primary care doctor tends to really uh, determine, you know, where you get care and um, and how much you cost uh, to get that care uh, depends on their referrals and such. But it turns out that 45% of the younger population, that is 18 to 29 year olds, um, don't have a primary care doctor. Um, and so creating a digital first primary care offering, especially for those younger dynamic or demographics, um, you know, creates the opportunity for um, primary care entities, risk bearing entities, um, as well as uh, payers to, uh, to really capture that demographic um, in, in a digital first environment and really give them convenience, uh, which is really what they're looking for. Uh, and as you might uh, expect, you know, the younger demographic is also a healthier demographic. And so it tends to be uh, good from all respects to build that loyalty early. Hmm. That's interesting. So places like CVS and Walmart, you're saying, are getting into this space where they're able to provide um, – a virtual digital space for people to be using primary care, especially for those maybe that don't even have a primary uh, care physician right now. So, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, Walmart and, and CBS Health Hub are interesting in that they're not actually truly digital first primary care um, in the truest sense, but they are part of a broader trend of um, disintermediation of the payers in the whole space. And this, this whole kind of development is is what I would also refer refer to as the Netflix model for healthcare, right? And that's what's really exciting about it. Um, this population wants healthcare on demand, right? Just like streaming your Netflix movies, they want it 
in the, the channel they want it um, and um, the form factor they want it, whether it's on their smartphone or, or, or a laptop or PC, um, and they want it when, you know, when they want it, they want to have it. And so it, it's uh, the digital first aspect of this, um, uh, this market trend is really interesting in that respect. It's really, uh, really going closer and closer to more of a Netflix model. And of course, convenience is everything um, for the target audience here. But yeah, that point about uh, not having a primary care doctor is also very important, Tom, because um, you know I think that in general, um, you know, you may not have as many health issues when you're young, uh, but that relationship um, with your primary care and doctor uh, is critically important to you know building a healthy future for yourself, um, whether it be preventative care or anything else that might come up. And so, um, digital first uh, is very attractive to that crowd. So then I guess, can you tell me some of the companies that we should be looking for in the future that would be in digital first? Well, I think I think uh, everybody's kind of watching Amazon right now. Uh, they had some announcements earlier in the year, and they're kind of like, um, I would say to some degree, like the 800-pound gorilla, you know, in terms of their uh, ability to uh, influence uh, where healthcare is going. You know, there's also a fair amount of thought that, a more successful approach will come instead from providers or or payers. They really understand healthcare a lot better than uh, than Amazon does out of the gate. Um, but Amazon's definitely one to watch. But also the bigger telehealth players and virtual visits like Teladoc and Amwell are also rolling out um, their uh, digital first offerings. Uh, and Doctor on Demand, which just acquired Grand Rounds earlier um, in 2021 are all kind of vying for the same uh, kind of uh, offering, I think, in that regard. Uh, I would also mention Oscar has kind of been a, a leader in this, even though, you know, their um, initial foray was more as a, a health plan, a payer, than it was a provider. Uh, they created a digital platform that really became the point of navigation for their members uh, to navigate the healthcare system, which gives them an awful lot of influence um, and how and where and at what cost, you know, their members get care. So they kind of paved the way, I think, early on for this model. And I know that you've mentioned in addition to Amazon and Oscar, there are you know, other places to look for. I think you've mentioned in the past, for example, Kaiser is in this space. That's right. And I think what you see is, um, you know, the Kaisers of the world and even United Healthcare, um, you know, are all looking at, um, you know, competitively, how do they not be um, losing members to Amazon and they are coming up with their own offering? So, for example, um, Kaiser launched Virtual Forward in several regions um, over the last couple of years. Um, and they have, you know, they have the Kaiser model behind that of kind of an all-inclusive, um, you know, uh, care approach where they have all your data as well to personalize that experience, um, and they can really you know, they can really kind of double down on their strengths um, in the case of Kaiser. But other health plans are also getting in the mix, um, and Care First just launched uh, Close Knit Health um, just a few weeks ago, um, you know, really trying to make sure that they have an offering that's attractive um, to the younger demographic, but also um, you know, this is an attractive thing for employers uh, to offer uh, their employees in the large group market. So it makes, uh, it makes the pair more attractive from that perspective as well. Hmm. 
So then explain to me the difference between these four we talked about, so Amazon, Oscar, Kaiser, and close-knit health, versus, you know, where my head was earlier, you know, thinking about CVS and Walmart. Kind of help me understand the difference between, you know, a primary care retail setting versus the digital-first primary care. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I think that um, uh, in the end, you know, they, they may not look entirely different, but there is a very key difference, and that is that what CVS and Walmart are really trying to emphasize is their convenient settings um, that they can deliver care in, um, but it's brick and mortar um, as a starting point, with, supported by a hopefully a good digital offering, uh, whereas a digital-first uh, primary care offering would be uh, where you would, in fact, develop a relationship with your PCP over a digital channel first um, and only on, you know, subsequent visits or certain kinds of visits um, or referrals, you might end up um, actually with a doctor's office visit with a specialist, for example. So digital first means um, the virtual visit with the doctor um, is the starting point in that case as opposed to an appointment, um, you know, at a CVS hub, for example. It doesn't mean that CVS and uh, Walmart don't have um, good digital offerings. Um, in fact, they've both been investing heavily in their offerings, um, um, but they're they're not digital primary care first or digital first. Um, they're brick and mortar first, and that is a very key difference. Interesting. So why is this happening now? Well, that's a great, um, great question. I think, um, you know, COVID has certainly accelerated this uh, this investment, but I think the trends were already uh, well in motion before COVID. I think just accelerated uh, by COVID. Uh, I think that, um, you know, there are probably two primary factors before COVID. Um, one is uh, the convenience factor um, and really creating a digital experience that, that mirrors what, you know, consumers have come to expect in other industries. Um, and so it's definitely consumer demand driven from that perspective. But I also think it's um, it's a it's another play in the value-based care um, domain as well. Um, there's a lot of uh, opportunity uh, for um, primary care, um, you know, IPAs in particular to take on risk if they have the right uh, technology and the right um, data-driven analytics and such that really give them um, a, a niche in the market for this sort of service. Uh, so value-based care means um, that it, you know, you're really looking at uh, the holistic aspects of your population and the members of your population that you're trying to care for um, and not uh, the fee-for-service oriented model. Um, I think that just definitely pushes towards you know, seeing the value in um, building that relationship with a primary care doctor, um, even if digitally, uh, to better health and better outcomes, better preventative care, and all those things that help drive, um, you know, drive outcomes and the business aspects of the value-based care model. Um, so then COVID comes along, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody is not only um, becoming more comfortable with digital and virtual visits to begin with, um, but they're actually, um, you know, even more attractive to the convenience of it um, because the healthcare industry has basically been forced to deliver care virtually when they could not deliver it otherwise. And so suddenly, 
um, you know, it's become part more of the norm, or let's say the new normal, as people like to say, right? Um, but, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when some of the current um, regulatory relief uh, around COVID starts to go away. Um, but I still think that digital first primary care is here to stay after that. That's interesting. So you have these different stakeholders. You have the um, the providers of healthcare. You have the medical insurance. Obviously, you have patients. Um, you have all. You know, you have the pharmacies. You have all of these different stakeholders involved. And now it seems like there's some consolidation and different industry dynamics. So how is this all going to impact their relationships? Well, yeah, it really is interesting to see, isn't it? I mean, with CVS Aetna, for example, um, you know, being a good example of, you know, the, the, the boundaries between, you know, providers and payers, which have been eroding for years, really, you know, it's all starting to kind of run together. Um, from a relationship standpoint, though, you know, I think that, um, you know, it is very important to the payers, certainly, to maintain good relationships with their provider network, for example, um, and then, you know, bringing in a, a primary care offering that's digital first doesn't sound like a good thing in that regard, right? If you're if you're a provider uh, in a payer's network and suddenly they are offering a primary care, um, you know, digitally, uh, it, it feels like that would take away. But in the reality, um, you know, many of the, the users of that new service didn't have a primary care doctor, as I said earlier. So it's really critically important to, uh, to make sure that um, – you know, there's good communication and good understanding of, of that, but I don't, I don't think, um, uh, you know, I don't think that um, in many cases um, the current providers want to deliver that kind of service. Uh, so it kind of fills, uh, you know, fills a need in the market that is not necessarily in contention with uh, the existing primary care practices out there, for example. Um, but on the other sides of things, um, you know, I think that it's very competitive. Um, uh, and very consumer-driven um, and consumer-centric, which I think is a wonderful um, new um, focus, honestly. And I think it's it's the relationship with the consumer uh, that's really at the center of it. Um, and so, you know, I think it's all going in a good direction from that perspective. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, if this doesn't just become a normal offering that has to be part of any uh, payer or provider offering for that matter. Now, earlier on, you were talking about uh, some of the financial aspects of it. I know you've mentioned before about sort of a zero dollar, um, you know, out of pocket for patients for some of these types of visits and how it's, you know, sometimes people that are going to the doctors just for a primary care visit, um, you know, you may not be getting what you need at the moment, and that's why the digital aspect um, is very helpful. I'm just curious if you can tell me more about the financial aspect and how it's going to be handled uh, in the future. So, so I can't uh, comment on that too directly for all these different companies we're talking about, um, but I do think, you know, if you think of it in the context of uh, creating loyalty to your brand um, and all the things that that brings in terms of, you know, good financial outcomes uh, and also the better health outcomes that come along with it, especially in a value-based care model, uh, you know, you can at least get a, a macro sense for why this can work. Um, I do think that behind uh, these services, you're also – you have two other constructs that I think are 
um, still being, um, from a financial perspective, I think um, still playing out. But from a, a consumer satisfaction standpoint, um, you know, appear to be going very well. One is that there there tends to be a care team associated with your your digital first offering, um, and so the primary care doctor might be the quarterback of that team. Um, but it usually comes with a little bit more. Um, so, you know, you think of that financially as being uh, even more of a stress, right? Uh, if you're offering, you know, um, free virtual visits or at least first uh, virtual visit for free. Um, the other, the other um, uh, construct that affects the economics as well, that's um, kind of a key driver for how the economic success will play out, and I'd say it's still playing out, uh, so there's not a definitive answer to your question, but that is the advent of high-performance networks or HPNs uh, behind this primary care virtual doctors, um, you know, that can be tapped on uh, for more serious health issues or where virtual visits just don't work. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it remains to be seen, but, you know, I think uh, you can see from a macro standpoint that um, the economic benefits uh, are potentially um, – sufficient to sustain these kind of uh, high-touch digital services um, with uh, more access and more on-demand access, uh, even at lower costs. And so that's all the right dynamics, right, that you'd like to see in the healthcare system that you see in every other industry, right? And so other industries have figured out how to compete, um, you know, in that kind of context. Um, and I think it'll be uh, really great for healthcare to start moving that direction. Excellent. As you know, I'm going to be also talking to Jan about uh, digital front door, so we won't go too far down that direction. But I'm curious if you could tell me more about how maybe AI could play into this and how uh, people like, for example, nurses could operate at the top of their license. Sure. This is a, this is a trend that's already going on, um, you know, in a whole variety of ways around population health programs, for example. Um, if you can have a, a digital interaction, um, and, you know, more commonly we would refer to this as a chat bot, right, and, and customer service, for example, customer service land, but increasingly, you know, the extent to which that digital interaction can provide a context for the provider um, before you start interacting with the actual provider, um, it can make the whole process more efficient, um, and that's necessarily you know, it helps with the economics for sure um, if you're on the provider side of that, but it actually even creates more convenience, um, you know, for the uh, for the actual consumer. Um, and so the question is, you know, can it be done well and effectively? And I think there's some interesting uh, good studies out there about how effective um, the triage can be. Um, it's really interesting, though, that it's the AI together with the human that creates the total experience. Um, you know, generally speaking, not all AI. Um, AI is not replacing doctors or nurses. Um, it tends to be, um, you know, front-ending the interaction uh, and making the personal interaction over digital uh, more effective and, and more meaningful. So uh, to be seen, there's a lot of really interesting companies out there that are becoming the, the AI front-end, um, you know, as well. Um, and, you know, I think that, as you said, not diving too deep into it, um, but I think there's some really interesting developments there to think about. Um, 98.6, Babylon, K-Health are some interesting companies where they started as, uh, you know, AI-driven triage services, uh, front-ending uh, access to telehealth services. 
And so I think you'll see that model more and more. Um, and it won't just be for digital first primary care, you know, it'll be the way that population health um, interventions and things like that are done as well. So what would you say if people are going to take away one thing uh, about this space in uh, digital primary care first, what should they be thinking about? I really think um, when, you know, consumers get more convenience and more access at better costs um, and, um, you know, the providers of this the kind of digital first uh, primary care service are driven by value-based care um, incentives, um, you know, I really do think it's a win-win uh, for consumers um, and for, for the healthcare system. I think the the key the key thing is to think about the Netflix model and how that you know how wonderful it'd be if that came to healthcare. Uh, we've all been frustrated by you know some of the inefficiencies and friction um, that exist in healthcare intera system interactions. Um, you know, think of this as the future um, where your digital interactions in healthcare resemble more like you interact with other industries. Um, so uh, I think from a con consumer convenience perspective, um, there's going to be a lot of winners in this. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me today. I'm sure we're going to have another one of these because there's so many other topics to cover. Um, but thanks for joining me today. Uh, always happy to, Tom. And um, uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about this. I think it's a really exciting thing that's going on in healthcare. Thanks for joining us. Please check out medtechchat.com for more podcasts and blogs. See you there.